Welcome to the Benwood Johnson Podcast. You can visit Dr. Johnson's blog at benwoodpost.com. Dr. Johnson's works can be found at drbenwoodjohnson.com. You can also support Dr. Johnson on Patreon, the link to which is in the description. Welcome to the Ben Wood Johnson Podcast. Uh, today is June 29th, 2020. This is podcast number 50. One more time, I am all excited to have you, uh, to have you back to talk about uh, philosophy and the things that matter in life. Uh, today we are going to continue our conversation about racism. In particular, we are going to touch upon the subject of anti-fascism and anti-racism, although there is this assumption that they are the same. uh, I believe they are different terminologies which apply under different circumstances, which we should not uh, conflate. So today we are going to sort of lay out some of the the, the arguments that I'm going to put out in, in, in subsequent podcasts about the concept of racism and, and what could we do as a society to fix this problem. Evidently, racism is real and we as a society have to come up with ways to alleviate this problem because it is not evenly spread out in society. Some people are more likely to experience racism than others are. And there are societal mechanisms, societal institutions, particularly the police, which are designed specifically to do racism with complete impunity. So I think it is important for us as a society to come up with a way to fix this problem. So in this podcast, we sort of try to delineate between what is racism and what is fascism and why the two concepts don't necessarily jibe or don't necessarily um, you know are not necessarily the same so without further ado let us delve right into it Perhaps three years ago, uh, there was this notion of anti-fascism, and I believe there were some individuals who called themselves Antifa. And as much as what they were doing, some saw it as something else. I supported their initiatives because when Mr. Trump became president. It sort of became sort of a, a carte blanche for certain individuals in society who held or who hold um, certain misguided or worldviews about the world. In other words, people whom we could classify as racist in America felt emboldened because Mr. Trump has had a rhetoric that sort of calls for behaviors that are, you know, anti-human, you know. So the Antifa the way it was called, 
became a remedy against those who felt it was necessary to come out and be racist in public or act against minorities in a certain way. I think the concept of anti-racism is different from that. And, and perhaps that's where a lot of people sort of fall into it. Because a lot of people are following this understanding of anti-racism thinking that it is the same as anti-fascism. I think there's a clear difference between the two concepts. Fascism is not necessarily, at least it is not, it is not only an ideology. It is also a manifestation of an ideology. A fascist usually expresses fascist ideals in certain actions that are designed to deprive others of their rights, of their liberty, or in many occasions of their existence. I think racism, at least the version of racism we have today, is different from fascism. Although so many people in America dream of a world where they could go back to the era of Adolf Hitler. So many people dream of that. And, and if, 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 the, if, if the government does not act or does not protect the rights of the individual or especially minorities, then that might happen. But I'm sure that we, or at least people of, of minority uh, communities, would fight back. And that is, that is what the Antifa is for me. The Antifa is a way of fighting back. To me, it is not a divisive rhetoric to the extent that the Antifa is not an offensive initiative. Rather, it is a, a reactive initiative. The Antifa are there to react against those who want to act a certain way. And the difference I am trying to establish between those two concepts here is that racism is much more subjective. See, a fascist is going to act as a fascist no matter where in regards to whomever at any point in time so long as he's emboldened to act and that is why President Trump or Mr. Trump's presidency is sort of emboldened those people because he's telling them you can be as egregious as you can and I am going to support you and that is why you know after the uh, the uh, I believe Charlottesville incident he sort of tried to glorify these people so he wants to embolden them but but i think racism is is different than that because you see racism is not necessarily fascism to the extent that a fascist can be a racist but a racist is not necessarily a fascist see what i'm saying like a, a fascist can be a racist but a racist is not necessarily a fascist and I think we need to understand the difference here because, and I've always tried to explain racism as a natural conduct to certain things in the world, right? It's a natural way of looking at one's world and to react to things that could be harmful to one. And it is usually motivated by a fear of something, okay? So in that case, any, anybody, any person could be a racist, okay? So you do not have to have a particular ideology to be a racist. You could be a liberal and you could be a racist. You 
could be a conservative and you could be a racist. You could be a libertarian and you could be a racist. You could be a, could be a Democrat and you could be a racist. Okay? But if you are a fascist, you are not necessarily a racist. Because fascism, at least fascism in and of itself, is somewhat separate from racism. But a racist does not have to act. Somebody who's, who, who's having racist thoughts could only just look at you in a certain way. He could only just not treating you in a certain way. Racism is not necessarily coupled with an act, although racism in and of itself is a behavior. It's a behavior. But it is not necessarily an act. Of course, out of that behavior could come an act, could come an action. But at inception, racism could be as subtle as, as it can be. The racist could be smiling at you, but in his head, he's looking at you differently. He's thinking of you differently. A racist could be someone you see every day, you talk to every day. A racist could be someone as close to you as your mother. A racist could be someone as close to you as your wife, your son, your daughter, your husband. Because racism is a result of an internal process which makes the individual behave a certain way. And that behavior could be obvious, it could be subtle. And that is why, unless we could read a person's mind, unless we could do that, when you call somebody a racist, there's also the chance that you might be wrong. When you say that so-and-so is a racist, there's also a chance that you might be mistaken of the reason the person acted in this or that way. And that's where the danger is, because the concept of anti-racism implies that racism is so obvious that when you see it, you call it out. That's what the concept implies. It is so obvious, it is so right there. When you see it, you call it out. Now, what led to the whole discussion about racism in America is the death of George Floyd. There has been, or there have been numerous George Floyds in America. Though they are not named George or Floyd, but there are many of these people that the world doesn't know about, that America does not know about. There are so many individuals who have suffered the same situation, perhaps metaphorically, than the way George Floyd suffered. The world doesn't know about because it was subtle. The pain the person endured was subtle. During the whole scuffle between Derek Chauvin, the other officers, and George Floyd, at no point George Floyd said, Chauvin, or oh, Mr. Policeman, you are a racist. At no point, the person who were on the scene called these people racist. At least to my recollection from seeing the video. And the reason they didn't say it, though they might have thought about it, is because they weren't sure. They weren't sure that's what it was. And when you look at the behavior, when you look at the act that ensued from that behavior, 
it's coupled with the behavior and the act, then we are able to say, well, you know what, that's racism. But we still don't know that for sure. Chauvin might have had other reasons to behave the way that he behaved. He might have had other reasons to conduct himself the way that he did. That we don't know that yet. But 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 from where we are, it looks like racism. And that's what sort of sparked the whole conversation we're having right now. How many times people have gone through that? And let's say that George Floyd didn't die. Let's say he didn't die. He went to the hospital and, and, and whatnot. And he survived and everything's okay. Would we be talking? Would we have that? Would we have the conversation right now? Would we be talking about Derek Chauvin right now? We probably would not be talking about him. Because there are so many George Floyds. There are so many individuals that the system treats that way. There are so many individuals the American society allows to be treated in this regard. How, how are we going to solve this problem? Do we know who is a racist for sure? Because so-and-so made a statement that automatically makes that person racist? For sure? We don't know what was going through that person's mind. From where we are, it does look like that. It does sound like it. And most likely, it is. Most likely, it is. So the idea of we're going to be vigilantes to call these people out is ludicrous. It's even laughable if it weren't so. I mean, if it weren't so dangerous, I would be laughing right now. And I do laugh sometimes when I hear people say that. But it is dangerous because what happens is that you are asking people to sort of become mind readers. And like I said, race vigilantes. And I think I heard somebody said, when your friends or when some of your friends act in a way that is racist, you need to call him out. How's that possible? How do I know his behavior is because he's racist? How do I know she, I don't know she did have a bad day. I didn't know she was having some personal issues at home. And all of a sudden, you know, her upbringing, her education, her lifestyle, all of that combined made her do or say this, that, that to somebody else who happens to be a person of color. This is not to justify racism when I say that, but this is to, to point out that it is not easy to say who is a racist on the basis of an act. It is not easy to say it. From where we are, it looks, it may look like it. It may look like racism, and then usually it is. It is. But we have to be cautious. Because sometimes people do act as racist unintentionally. People do say racist things out of spite, out of anger, out of passion. That doesn't mean they shouldn't be punished for it. But if we allow ordinary people to become race vigilantes, then that society is going to explode at some point. Like I said, right now, white people are not fighting back. But at some point, they will. They will fight back, ladies and gentlemen. Pay attention to what I am saying. Now, you may disagree with everything I've said here so far. And if you want to go back and listen to what I said before, if you feel like you can listen to it again, then do. Because I am not. And to repeat, I am not. 
justifying racism in any way, shape, or form. I couldn't do that. I couldn't justify racism because I know it exists. I lived it. I am living it right at this very moment. But I am also a rational human being. And I try to put things in perspective. And I think that's what we're missing right now. There's a rush to judge. There's a rush to assume things are a certain way because there's a narrative going on. And we should not or shall not allow ourselves to fall into this false narrative. The idea of anti-racist is a false narrative designed, whether intentionally, to devise America even further. At the end of the day, the country is going to suffer. At the end of the day, the country is going to suffer. Because when you allow somebody to be an anti-racist, it's like you're giving a person a carte blanche to be an anti-human. That's what you're doing. And there's a danger there. As much as the racist might be doing something wrong to you, you might be inclined to be something wrong to the racist as a result. And I don't think that's the way we should handle problems in a society. We should have laws, rules that are specifically designed to address behaviors, conducts, or acts which we as a society agree to be racist in nature. So there, let's go back. Right now we have the attention of Congress. And I'm sure people in Congress would like to do something about racism in America. I'm sure people in the justice system would like to do something about America because now it is obvious something's wrong with the system we have today. It is obvious something is broken. So I am sure these people and people in power would like to do something about racism. But we need to be rational in the way we approach the problem. So first, let us agree as to which conduct we are, as a society are going to agree that is racist in nature. When we have a list of those conducts, a list of those behaviors which we want to ban in a way or another, or we want to punish in one way or another, then we could have or find a way to codify those conducts. And I am sure white people, black people, Latino, or any person of color would admit that racism is a problem in America. And if we were to come up with a sound way of fixing the problem, I am sure these individuals would definitely support any legislation that would help save America. We cannot save America by dividing America. And every time we speak of anti-racism, we are putting another nail in America's coffin as a society. As much as I would like to go home, I am an American citizen. Therefore, I have a stake in this country. My children were born here. This is their country as well. They have a future here. I wouldn't want to live, or at least I wouldn't want my kids to live in a society where all somebody has to do is to point a finger and saying that you are this and you are that. Therefore, you could be chastised in that society. That is not a society. That is, a, that is a civilized jungle. And I don't want America to become a civilized jungle in the name of changing it from being a modernized jungle. 
racism needs to be stopped. And the best way to do that is by coming up with answers to some of the problems we as a society have faced for so many years. And only in doing so, we would have a chance to alleviate, not stop completely, not eradicate completely, but to alleviate racism, especially for black America. Mm-hmm.